Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Christine Hansen. Christine is an award-winning business coach and consultant running a boutique service for online entrepreneurs, creatives, and coaches. She combines smart strategy and deep soul work so that you can grow and scale a business you love. With over 10 years as a sought-after TEDx France and keynote speaker, Christine is a contributor for Entrepreneur, and her work is featured in Forbes, Business Insider, National Geographic, and more. Christine is famous for sharing her Tell It Like It Is tips, which is one of my favorite things. So, <laughs> so glad you could join me today, Christine. I'm so happy to be here, Diane. It's wonderful. I am thrilled to have you here. We're going to be talking about branding. And I want to start with um, that you have a method of branding that's different from that traditional client avatar method. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you can share, you know, how it's different and why it's your preference. Yeah, absolutely. So my kind of specialty, I might want to say, is to really learn and implement a lot about I don't want to say traditional, but maybe best practice in marketing and digital marketing. And in branding in particular, you have an exercise that is called your client avatar or your ideal client avatar. And um, it basically very often is about choosing a gender. So whatever you want to work, whoever you want to work with, it may be a certain age, a certain income bracket. Are they working? Are they not working? Do they have children? Do they not have children? Where would they go and shop and so forth? And it's an exercise that most people will be doing with a branding coach or a business coach quite early in their business. And it does work to some extent. Um, and it can really also help to stand out, you know, in a noisy internet land kind of world. However, what I found is that I kind of put it on its head because it didn't, it's kind of to protect yourself, really, because I found that sometimes you attract people that you think will be amazing clients, and then working, working with them, you will actually figure out that it actually is not the truth. So what I do instead is that I become very egocentric and I teach my students or my mentees, my clients to do the same. It's something we're not entirely comfortable with, but in the end, it's about you. You are the focus, the center of the universe of your business in the first place. And it's, yes, something we are usually taught not to think, but in this case, thinking that positively and sharing what you are about is really your brand and how you should present yourself. So instead of thinking who you want to attract or who or assuming 
who might be attracted to you, you should just go with what you definitely know, and that is yourself. What are your values? What do you like? What don't you like? What do you think is funny? What don't you think is funny? Because I can tell you, if you have a client who has a very different humor than you have, things can get very awkward very quickly. So by focusing on yourself and sharing what you are about, specifically your values, really, people will either like it or they won't. But those who will, will be absolutely marvelous to work with. And it doesn't matter if they are, you know, a certain gender or a certain age group. And in income bracket, honestly, that is such an assumption that people with a high pay job will have an easier time spending money. Not true. Also, some people who've never worked a day in their life might still have a huge income. You never know. So I found that, you know, using that a little bit different method by really becoming egocentric, becoming a lighthouse, shining your light for people to find you has helped me personally in my business and also my clients a lot. I find this so fascinating. As you're talking about this, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I know myself better than I know anyone else. Mm -hmm. So this is making sense to me that if I can really drill down to my values, how I like to work, who I like to work with, I don't have to necessarily describe them but I guess if I'm if I'm building my brand, I just want to make sure I'm understanding this, that I'm building my brand, I'm building it around really how I operate. Exactly. So that who people who it resonates with will be attracted to it. Is that right? Exactly. So it it's really fascinating because it puts you into a position of power, which is why I love the lighthouse metaphor of you are a shining lighthouse. You do not move. Think of potential clients as people in rafts, in lifeboats out there. They see your light. It's up to them whether they row towards you or not, you know. And if there are a thousand lighthouses, you are all different. The different rafts and boats will pick who they are drawn to. So, but you as a lighthouse, you don't move. You don't run towards the beach. Your job is to shine your light, to inspire, and to also come from a place of this is who I want to work with versus I have all of this to offer. I hope you will pick something. I hope you will like something. Coming from this slight place of desperation, really, it's not attractive. It will most likely invite people who are tire kickers or who are shopping around versus having someone who's I know what I have to offer. I know what I'm good at. This is what I like doing. This is who I want to work with. This is who I, you know, get along with really well and who I can serve the most because we understand each other. We trust each other. So it, it has a very different dynamic, but it's a very healthy one in specifically for service providers where there needs to be a little bit of trust. Yeah, right. Right. This is so interesting. Okay. So you mentioned that, you know, one of the pitfalls of the traditional client avatar method is that um, 
we can think we're getting that ideal client, but then we start doing business with them and we realize they really aren't. Are there other pitfalls that you see with developing a brand that way? Yeah, so <laughs> unfortunately, when we are, it's not unfortunately, but the typical scenario that I see is particularly when we start business is we're so excited, so ignited that we want to get done everything really quickly. And we don't quite spend enough time with ourselves, but we spend a lot of time with the storefront online mainly. So the website, the branding, the colors, the fonts, all of it. And what happens, and I, I can vouch for that for pretty much everyone starting a business, is that you will change after six months because you will learn so, so much. There's nothing as intense in terms of school of life than entrepreneurship, really. So you will change. And that means that you will have to do it all over again. And it's natural. It's very normal. It also feels uncomfortable for a lot of people who are not used to pivoting. So kind of of the, you have to finish what you started. But a lot of the time you will figure out that, you know, actually I want to do something different or I want to do it differently maybe. And then a lot of people have had this huge expense in too early really so that it holds them back to actually follow their gut feeling, which would be to pivot maybe. So that is what I see a lot. And I've worked with a lot of health coaches, for example. And what I see is that when we first start off, we choose a kind of a niche to stand out, which doesn't mean that you discriminate other people or that other people won't reach out to you. You don't need to worry about that. But usually we would go with an organ very often, like the thyroid or hormones or the adrenals, something like that. And then they figure out after a while that actually I'm more interested in a different aspect, but they've already spent quite a lot of beginning startup money to that first idea that they have. And then it can become tricky to pivot. So I think one piece of advice that I would really want to share is to brace yourselves and be very open to that idea of changing and also to not finish what you start when you know that this is not right. And it's not quitting is for losers, all of those stereotypical, you know, kind of phrases. It, that's, that's someone else's belief. It doesn't have to be yours. It shouldn't be yours. Obviously, you know, don't finish or don't change too quickly. But if you truly know this is not you know, igniting me anymore. It's not what I love doing anymore. It does take courage, but trust your gut feeling that it's the right decision to sometimes zig and zag. Yeah, I think that is critical. I, I, absolutely. And one of the things that I've noticed about entrepreneurs is that our, our minds are always going. We're always either coming up with ideas or seeing something that sparks us that, you know, we want to do something and we can get into this trap where we say, okay, no, not going to explore it, have to stay on track, mm -hmm. but we're not really moving forward with on track. And that should be a, a like a, an indicator, like an alarm going off that, okay, maybe track isn't really where we want to be. <laughs> 
Yes, I agree. It also depends on how you work as a person. I'm a huge fan of human design, which is kind of how it's like a Myers-Briggs kind of thing in differently, but it basically the essence is it helps you to understand how you tick. And some people are wired that they should really immediately respond to their gut feelings while others are really meant to wait and digest everything. So it's really important, I feel, that you know how you take the best decisions, but not to be scared to take them in the end. Right, right, exactly. And and I would imagine that there can also be a bit of outside influence. Um, like I come across a lot of people who someone else will say to them, you should be doing this in your business. And they'll let that influence how they the direction they take their business in, even though it doesn't necessarily feel good. Yeah, I agree. And it's a huge, I mean, one of the reasons why I always say that I'm business consultant and coach is because you have strategies and you have mindset support, right? So I see the consultant bit is more of presenting different strategies, my expertise in marketing strategies. And the coaching then comes in to figure out with the client, which one of these strategies actually exists for you. Unfortunately, you do have a lot of people in the métier, let's put it that way, of business coaching in particular, who have had wild successes in one way of doing it, and who stick to it. And it might work very well for them and maybe for first few clients, but it doesn't mean that it necessarily works for everyone. So that is one thing that I've seen happening a lot um, where a certain blueprint is sold over and over and over. Um, and it's you know very often from people who've been in business for a long time. So all of these success stories are a compilation of years of work, not just one person who bought it and immediately, you know, had all these success. Um, so I see that happening a lot. The other thing is that we are not all always used to think critically or to speak for ourselves. You know, a lot of us come from a typical academic background where professor knows all or, you know, um, where we have authority figures and, you know, whatever they say, we believe. And very often, in, in especially in the beginning of starting a, in an area where you don't have expertise, so you might be very good in your skill. Let's say, again, the example of health coaching, you might be great at, you know, hormone panels, your nutrition and so forth, but online business is a completely new animal. So you look up to people of authority and you don't feel that you have the right or that you have the courage to question what is being, you know, taught really. And I find the most beautiful relationships are, yes, they are a mixture of teaching, of sharing different strategies or um, tools or resources, but also really to, as a coach, it's your job to be very open and to question your client also is this what you actually want? And sometimes the clients don't know because they're not used to asking themselves those questions. So part of the journey is to really do a personal development discovery and to actually find out what do I enjoy? What don't I enjoy? Versus just being 
quote unquote, the good student following instructions. And that is something it's new for most of us. It is new. And, you know, I think the online, especially in digital marketing, the online space is changing. It used to be very authoritative when I started out, which was in 2014, 2015. Now we have the term bro marketing, right? It's, <laughs> it used to be a lot of shiny men uh, having very strong opinions and, you know, being very confident. And as a woman, sometimes that is also intimidating for other men too. Like that's not, you know, discriminate, but it, a lot of women then also took the same approach and it was a vibe for a long time. Now I feel there's a change happening where it's getting a little bit softer it's getting a little bit more individual, and I'm very, very happy to notice that. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission, that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Yeah, I am too. I, I will say that, you know, when we talk about being influenced by people of authority, um, another thing that I see on, on the flip side of that is people wanting so much to be successful with online marketing, signing up for, you know, one of those, as, as you were saying, it works for me. So I'm just going to tell you, do this, you know, do it the way I did it. Cause it'll work and it doesn't. And they spend a lot of money on it. They feel uncomfortable because it doesn't really fit their personality or, you know, or their values. And the audience that they're speaking to doesn't like it. You know, I mean, anyone who's been hit up on LinkedIn for with, with people trying to sell them, this is what it feels like to me. Like all of a sudden there's all of these people who are taking a course somewhere that are being told, go do this exactly. And they're doing it and it's having the opposite effect. I call it trauma because that's what it is. Um, you're a smart person and you take, you see a sales page with all these testimonials of all these people who have had success in a certain course. And I just recently joined, just for research purposes, a very famous uh, course to, to design your own course, basically, and, and present it online. And a lot of the people were new 
people in the online space. So there were photographers, there were people who were knitting, there were people, you know, horse breeders and plant aficionados, you know, all kinds of different people who wanted to share their expertise with the world. And what what happened was that there was this all these these promises of a time frame that is already not realistic because collapsing time is possible yes with expertise but you still have to be realistic so what i see is happening very often is an an, an irrealistic time frame secondly all these testimonials say they've been compiled for years and years and years and years so you had these people trusting investing their last shirt so to say into this program being enthusiastic and smart like they were obviously smart people but here they were in a new world with its own language even I mean we throw as experts we throw CTA freebie opt-in conversion ROI all of these words around but if you're new to this it's overwhelming figuring out all of the pieces that it takes to even have a presence online and then, you know, starting to implement, starting to realize all the things they don't know yet, starting to get further and further away from these testimonials that they've read, and they feel stupid. I'm literally saying it as it is. And I read the comments in the group, you know, I feel overwhelmed. I feel stupid. I feel completely out of place. I don't think I belong here. And it breaks my heart because they're smart, but they've been sold something with an irrealistic time frame, in an irrealistic manner, and the caveat of of that is is heartbreaking because why wouldn't they believe? You know, why wouldn't they believe those sales promises? It's and I don't think it's a, a sign of you being too naive. Maybe it's it's. I mean, it, it's sad if you think that you have to, you know ask or doubt everything so I do understand them because I've done the same thing many times it's a little bit sad that by now I can say I know better and be more critical but that results in a lot of people being severely traumatized having first of all a lot of issues reinvesting again or what is even more tragic having a lot of issues charging themselves because that it's something that happened to me. I thought for the longest time, because I've been burned by certain coaches, that if I charged high end as I had paid, I would end up in the same category of being a fraud, so to say. And I didn't realize that at first. It took me a lot of investigating and personal development and so forth to understand why I was blocking myself from stepping into charging more. That was the reason. And I see it with my clients over and over because they think, you know, if I charge the same thing, people are going to think I'm the same kind of, you know, making false promises as they do, which is obviously, or hopefully not true. So I'm very passionate about that because I've experienced it so many times and it literally just breaks my heart because I know that these people have so much to offer and then they give up because it was so painful. Well, that is so interesting. Not wanting to be lumped in with those people. I mean, I, I think that's the first time I've heard that um, as a reason for not wanting to charge to a certain level. I feel like most of the people I talk to, it's because they don't think 
it's like that imposter syndrome thing. You know, mm -hmm. they, they don't really think that anyone's going to pay them that amount or that, that they really are worth that. And, and wow, you, you know, I mean, all of those reasons, any of those reasons are challenging and, and, you know, sabotaging to Definitely. a business. Yeah. I know it's really, it's money trauma and it comes in many different shapes and forms. It could, it doesn't have to be in the coaching industry or in the online business. It could be that you're invested in anything and it didn't turn out the way that you truly believed it did. And as a result, it can leave you with this very typical thought or belief of I'm not good with money. Um, and hence, you have this probably unconscious fear, if I get a lot of money, if I'm paid a lot of money, I won't know how to handle it because I'm not good with money. So it's very often a mix of imposter syndrome and some money trauma somewhere. And it takes reconditioning, it takes learning about money, because very often, you know, we have no idea about our finances. Like we don't like to look at our bank account. We don't know how much we actually need to make or how much we are spending. And while it's super scary at first, it's the most empowering thing you can do really is to be very secure in what you need to make. And, you know, in terms of to make a living and to understand that this is a job, it's an income, it's the source of life versus I'm trying this sound for size and I still have something to rely on, you know, if this goes wrong. And I find that is, there is a difference between people in brick and mortar, I feel, and online. Brick and mortar, usually you really have skin in the game. Like, you know, I have this, I may have rent to pay for a year. Whereas online, it's like, I can do this website, but if I don't want to do it anymore, I'll just you know, nobody will know that it's there. <laughs> so um, that is also one thing that when I work with someone, I really, really make sure that they want this, that they also need it in a certain way, like not in a desperate way, but that it's a serious business. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk a little bit more about that. Talk about why it's important not to undercharge with an online business. Oh my God. It's so many reasons. <laughs> so the first, I don't might want to talk about a little bit about the process that I do, but there yes. are so many different reasons. The first one is that you never know what it will happen and you need to be able to sustain yourself financially on your own. So even if you have a partner or something like that, I always want to make sure that people know how much they need to make. So the exercise that I do is that people have to go through all their bank statements of a complete 12 months, write everything down, and then we calculate how much they need to make a month. So even yearly expenses like car insurance, maybe, or community taxes, subscriptions that are done yearly, we will then divide it by 12, you know, the grand total to know what we need to make a month. And that will obviously depend on where you live, whether you own your house, whether you have to pay rent or mortgage. So that will differ widely. But what it will show you is actually, it will give you a baseline of the bare minimum. And usually I like to teach that you should have one package in your arsenal 
that will cover all of your expenses with only one client. Instead of having to enroll five to six clients each month in order to just cover that baseline. The other thing that I also teach is that there is no point in comparing your prices with someone else's because their baseline might be completely different. So if you go to someone else's website and you figure out their pricing, you might be saying, but their website is so much more beautiful. They have so much more experience, but they charge a lot less. Well, it might be because they do this as a hobby or because they don't need to pay rent or mortgage or because they don't need to pay for groceries or because they have a huge trust fund or they had an inheritance. They don't need to charge more. Whereas for you, it's very different. So that is one reason why I'm saying comparison doesn't even make sense. You have to even know what you need. That's the bare minimum. The next step is that you need to be aware of how much time you are collapsing for your client. Because let's be honest, in our days, in our time and days, we can get everything for free, literally. You have Google, you have YouTube, you have podcasts, you still have a library. You can get everything for free in quote, in air quotes, because you will pay for it with your time. You will have to sift through mountains of information, find what you need, distill it, and then implement it. Whereas when you work with someone who's done this for you, you will ask them the question and they will immediately, our brain power is incredible. From all the knowledge that we have, we will distill everything immediately for what is right for you. It will save so much time. And that is the only thing in our life that we can't really get any in any other way. Like time is the only commodity, literally, that nobody can really control. So as much as we can control it, which in this, which is what we do in this case, that is worth the money. So the quicker you can collapse that time, the more you can charge. That is usually how I compare it. If you can get quick, if you have quick answers, if you can get great results or great answers to get those results, then you are worth the money. Be realistic though, because especially if I talk about online businesses, they are built on momentum. And momentum is physics. You have to have small increments at first, small successes at first in order for momentum to build. So don't promise the huge avalanche immediately. Make sure your client understands that you need to have small, small, small increments, small successes first for it to grow. And that time will be collapsed, yes, but it still needs some time. So that is also something where I'm like, okay, that is really important. The other thing is obviously that you don't want to burn out. You don't want to trade just like hours for a certain amount of dollars. That's not what it's about. It's really about all the brain power that you, that you trade, all the resources that you created, distill, distilling years, books, knowledge, articles, podcasts into one resource that is very powerful. Now, that is worth something then you don't want to have to have too many clients because creating space for them is draining your energy and you probably didn't create a business just to be working all the time. That's also something. Now, if I have someone who's, but I do, do want to be able to cater to everyone, I don't want to discriminate everyone, then I would suggest that you find alternatives, which could be building scholarships from your profits. It could be a group program option. 
It could be having a book. It could be having an amazing blog or a podcast like this one where people can get access for free. So be just certain that you have some resources available. Interestingly, though, when you talk to people and they say, oh, this is expensive and you offer them a cheap alternative, then they will very often actually understand how much value is in the first option that you offer to them because they see how much less they are getting for a different price point. So those are just a couple of thoughts that I had off the top of my mind. Those are great. Those are great. <laughs> I, I, seriously, I love this whole idea of time and, and the faster that you can save someone time, you know, that the quicker you can get them what it is that they need, the more valuable that is. Uh, that, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that one either. So, but that does help, you yes. know, us realize the value of, of what we do and that it's okay if someone can't afford it or doesn't think it, you know, the value equals the That's investment. Totally fine. And one of my favorite sentences to actually say when I say how much I charge is if that's expensive, too expensive for you, that's absolutely fine. I won't take it personally, but please oh, let sweet. me know, you know, and it gives people an out. Right. And it, it also saves me from having to follow up with someone or, you know, when they say I have to think about it. Yeah. So when I have someone saying I have to think about it and I already feel that they are very uncomfortable with the price. That's when I say, you know, you can tell me if it's too expensive. I don't take it personally because you give them an out and it's like this huge wave of relief <laughs> that is then, you know, that you can feel it's just part of, of business, right? It really is. And, and do you find that when you're having that conversation with someone that oftentimes you can sense that it's not going to go anywhere? You know, I find it difficult. I am, I have to be very honest. I've had experiences where I thought, oh, this is going to be grand and then never heard of them again, completely ghosted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I've been wrong in some instance. And then I had somewhere I thought, okay, they're never going to get back to me or this is not going well. And they'd be like, okay, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> they'd be great. So I'm honestly, I don't think, and it's, I think I'm very good at coaching, but I'm not very good off the bat sometimes to gauge <laughs> the reactions of people. Like it's definitely a weakness of mine. So in order to avo avoid it, I actually do make my prices semi-public so it's an opt-in so you have to leave your email address and I will send you the link to my catalog so to say and I don't have a lot of offers but the reason why I am transparent in my pricing and my favorite package and I'm going to be very transparent here <laughs> and it might change so my prices change all the time that's the first thing but at the moment it's like a five-day sprint where you can work with me over five days an hour a day and it's at three five hundred and why the reason why I like doing that is because, you know, before I accept to work with someone, I do want to get to know them. And, you know, it's a typical strategy to have a strategy call or a, we call it a sales call, but very often it's called as an, it's called a strategy call or a complimentary call or, you know, blind spot call or whatever you want. Uh, and 
it's a waste of time, not just on me, but also on the person interested if they have an idea that is completely different from my reality. And I did have that before when I didn't talk about my prices. And I would have people on the phone who thought it's going to be like 50 bucks an hour. And I'm like, no, it's more like 300 up to 500 up to a thousand an hour. And it would be so different, such a universal paradigm change that there we could really have saved our time if they had known. So there's lots of different philosophies around that. Should you show your pricing? Some people will have sticker shock and they will never inquire, even though you could help them. I'm someone who's very impatient and who's very aware of time. And so I don't want to waste neither their time nor mine. Yeah, I'm so glad that you talked about that because that, that there are a lot of different schools of thought about what you should do in that regard. And, I, you know, I, I guess it's whatever your comfort level is as far as what do you share and exactly. or how much information do you share about your pricing and your process and, and all of that. Exactly. And I like yeah. the way that I do it because they have to opt in. They are gets sent a link and it's basically I do it in Canva if people don't know what Canva is Canva is a, a free online software where you can create graphics PDFs worksheets workbooks whatever you want and I can edit it and it will immediately show up as the edited version on the link so when I change my prices I just have to do it in Canva and the next person who's going to take a peek at my pricing will see the new updated version so oh that's so interesting that's how I play around with it because sure. I'm fluid in terms of <laughs> how I work who I work with how I feel I'm very spontaneous that way so nothing stays stable with me for too long I'm afraid <laughs> But once they sign up, they're signing oh, yes. up for what no, they of thought course, they were. Of course. Yeah, right. And usually when they re-enroll, when I work over a long time, I will offer them, I will keep the same pay and pricing. Yes. Right, 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 right. This is so interesting. Christine, I love this information and I would really appreciate it if you would tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and what you do for businesses and how they Absolutely. can get in touch with you, please. So the easiest way is to go to my website, which is christinemeansbusiness.com. I do have a book that's going to be out by January 24th. So Monday, as we are recording this, it's Thursday. So it's very exciting. The book yes. is called We Mean Business. And it's a practical guide for creative entrepreneurs, small business owners, coaches who want to build a brand and grow a business online. So perfect for this audience. And um, yeah, so you can also find me on all the social media platforms. Look for my name, Christine Hansen, and you will find me. And they're also all linked on my website. So in general, christinemeansbusiness.com is where you'll find everything. Excellent. That is so great. And congratulations on the book. Thank you. I, I mean, what a great thing to provide for people. Uh, and listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, 
continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.